Slava Bohum. Praise God. I'd like to invite you for the prayer, but don't stand up yet. I'd like to pray, and uh, this is not because I'm nervous. Um, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Um, I know it's a responsibility, so don't take me wrong. I am nervous before the Lord. This is responsible. But I noticed that it doesn't really matter what I'm going to say today or tonight. <laughs> it's not going to change your life. That's a bad introduction to the sermon. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, there are three options. There are three outcomes. I can preach and I can forget stuff or I can forget my notes and I'll embarrass myself. And that's fine. I mean, it doesn't affect you, right? Or I can preach a very good, passionate sermon, then you will be like, wow, that's nice. <laughs> so deep. And uh, that might not change your life. And I might preach a very simple sermon or, or whatever you hear. But if the Holy Spirit is working in your life, in your heart, you will be changed. And that's so awesome. When the little thing, little seed falls into your heart, and you don't know how it works, but you remember it, and at the right time, it sprouts up, it just goes towards God, towards the sky, towards the light, and it brings fruit eventually. That little seed, that little seed in the memory. I just spoke with a couple of guys, and one of them was in my wedding almost 14 years ago, and he said, I remember when you tried to sing for your wife, and there was a problem with the soundtrack, and I'm like, oh, it just got stuck in his memory. You know, but in a similar thing, it can get stuck in your heart, and it will make a, a change in your life. Let's, let's pray. Let's all stand up quickly and pray. Lord, we are praying right now, and we uh, already received the food. We already read this from, from the Scripture, from the powerful Word. We already touched this holy Word. God, thank you. And I pray, Lord, I pray that you will work in the hearts of my brothers and sisters. Lord, I'm, no, uh, I'm not, not able to change anyone's mind or heart to convince anyone. I make a mistake myself, Lord. But I, th I thank you, God, for the Holy Spirit that can change the hearts and mind of people. God, I pray that you will do that tonight, tonight as we read your scripture, as we study your word, as we touch the Holy of Holies that thing that comes from your mouth, Jesus Christ himself. I pray that you will change us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So the passage says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And then he talks about the foolish man. And the main thing that we want to learn today is that the foundation is what matters, okay? I could have said amen, but I'm going to explain a little bit more. Foundation. Tonight we just sang um, with the worship group something like, 
my strong foundation, something like you're the only foundation. Foundation. I remember like, oh, foundation. Yes, Jesus, you are the foundation. And that's the only thing that is very important and the only thing that is important in life because we are all different. We can build houses, bigger, smaller. But really when the storm comes, it matters. What matters is the foundation, not how nice your house look like. And so first thing, first thing, I asked this question myself. Why did Jesus use this illustration at the end of his long sermon on the mount? If you've been with us from January, uh, we went over the Beatitudes or blessings. We covered different topics, wonderful preachers, guests, visitors, uh, visiting preachers, our brothers, uh, teachers, uh, really anointed teachers, they were talking and opening these topics, and I enjoyed myself a few ones that, that I, when I attended youth services. And we talked about prayer, we talked about treasure, we talked about all this stuff. And then at the end of this sermon, Jesus decides to talk about the or give this illustration of a, of a spiritual construction, so to speak, of the builders. And um, why, why building? Why construction? And um, uh, the thing is that we all build in our lives. We build something. Uh, doesn't really matter. The, the scripture doesn't say here that the wise man was building and the foolish man uh, took vacation and, and went on the beach. No. Everyone, wise or foolish, everyone is building something. You guys are building. Whether you want it or not, you are building something. Something that will have to be presented before God. Figuratively speaking, we're building our lives, our future. But uh, what exactly is happening? What exactly we are building? Because this is an illustration, so it illustrates something spiritual. First thing that I want to tell you and explain how people build their lives. First thing, we start with the goal. We start with the goal. And we cannot build anything if we are not getting closer to the goal or if we're not following certain direction or moving certain direction. And by that I mean if we just camp for a night in a certain place, we don't really bother to build foundation or even build a nice structure. We just move on. But the scripture here says that we all build whether foolish or wise, we build something that we will live in that place for a long time because house is a place where you are planning to stay for a long time. So whatever goal you have in your life, okay, if you want to make more money, if you want to serve Jesus, if you want to serve Jesus with a lot of money, if it, I'm, I'm not, I don't really care what kind of goal. That's, that's the direction, that's what you're building, Okay? You're moving towards something. If it's part of your education, you need to invest time in studying. And then you will build your career. And then you will get closer to your goal. You're building something. right? And so the first thing that the, we need to keep in mind, when we build our life, we need to check what kind of goals we have. Because Jesus said in this sermon previously before talking about the builders in chapter 6, verse 21. 
For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What's valuable for you? Where are you moving? Because that's where your heart is going to follow. If you value certain things, you will try to get them. You will try to invest your time in it. I talked with one of the uh, wonderful sisters from our youth, and she said, um, oh, I spent time in middle school just because I, I, my parents said it's the right thing to do. You know, I had to go. So my grades are like, oh. But then when I started paying for college, <laughs> then I realized that I better, you know, study or that's just a waste of my time and money. So it became valuable for her. The education became valuable for her. And that's where her treasure became and and that's where her heart her effort her life was directed so what are the goals that we have because depending on our goals we will start building certain things in life i already mentioned this but a house is a place where i want to stay for a long time i'm planning to return back to my house no matter how long we will stay today tonight here and have fellowship I'm pretty sure you will all go back to your houses, to your home. That's the place where we always return. Is there something in your life where you always return to that place, whether it's good or bad? Most likely that's where you build your house. Okay? Very practical stuff. What are you thinking about most of the time? What are your thoughts returning to? Topics, conversation, your money, where does it go? That's probably the place where you are planning to spend your time, your life, and build your house. House is also a place that you share with others. Most of the time, you are sharing your house, or maybe you've shared it with parents. Maybe you're renting an apartment right now. It doesn't really matter. Sooner or later in life, if you have a house, you're planning to share it with someone. Maybe you're planning to get married. Maybe you're planning to, uh, you know, live with a roommate for a while. doesn't matter. But that, that place, you're, you want to share that place with others. It's not just for your sake. So what kind of fellowship do you have? What, what, what relationships do you have? What do you share with others? That's probably the house that you build. That's probably the place where you, where you like to be. It's a, a place, sometimes it's a fake sense of security, but still the house is a place that we consider to be a secure place, right? We lock our doors, we go to bed, and we feel safe. So where do you feel safe? Where do you rest, as brother was preaching? Hopefully, you know, in Jesus Christ. House common mistake that I, I believe an average Christian make uh, is saying that my life doesn't really affect anyone. My life is uh, my own business. That's a, that's a mistake. Even if you think, even if you're, I don't know, if you're 14, 15 years old, you might be thinking like, I don't really affect anyone. But the thing is that how's the house is not built overnight. You start building with the foundation, then you 
get the walls or whatever. I'm not a construction worker, whatever's the next step. But the point is, you know, when you, by the time you get to the roof, right, the time passes by significant, uh, well, these days people build houses like three months. But you get the illustration. You don't, you, you start somewhere where you're young and then you move on in life, and then by the time the roof is there, the walls and the decorations and the furniture and everything, you'll be like, oh, I wish when I was 16, I learned this, or I prayed more. Because now, turns out that we live in a house, maybe with a family, maybe with a friends, and it does affect. And everything what I did previously in the school, in the college, in the Bible college, in the church, turns out that 10 years down the road, 15 years, 20 years down the road, it does affect others. Do you get the point? So it's not just your business, okay? It's not just your own life. You are created to live in the community. And I like this illustration of the house, but even better illustration is the body, the body of Christ, the body of church, right? Where we don't just build something, but where we actually influence. One member of the body hurts, everybody hurts. Today, one of our teachers had to leave early. Uh, I mean, it's unfortunate. I forgot to ask. Uh, we should ask, uh, we should pray for him. But Mr. Bradburn, his brother died a couple weeks ago. Tomorrow is the funeral, or Thursday is the funeral. Today his son uh, got uh, into emergent, uh, um, something seizures or something like that. And I'm like, at first I was like, oh, wow, that's bad. But then I'm thinking like, wow, it hurts. It's not my son. It's not my brother. But it hurts. And I'm walking and I'm praying for him. And, and in the same way, I'm pretty sure that you can find examples where it's not really your life, but you understand and you realize that you impact others and other people impact you. And we don't even see these spiritual connections or relations uh, in, in the spiritual world, but they exist. And we need to make sure that we live a holy life, a dedicated life, and if we are not there, uh, Brother Peter was preaching today about grace. What a wonderful message about grace. Um, I, I don't know. I didn't ask this question, you guys. But how many times do you think those storms and floods and waters were, were trying to crush this or destroy this house? Do you think it was once in a lifetime? Was it a, a recurring event? Just your opinion. What do you, what do you think? Something that was repeated, repeating in life, you think so? Mm -hmm. I think so too. I think so too, even though it says that, you know, it was sort of like one-time thing. But no, in life, you just go through one test and then there's another one and another one. Everything seems to be fine. Just everything's okay and then somebody gets sick your sister gets sick, your brother gets sick, or, or mom or dad. And so God's grace, grace is so important. We can start over. We can start over. The last thing, you know, that, that you want to think about God is that he created you and he gave you only one chance. That's so not true. As long as you breathe, as long as you walk on this earth, you have a chance and, and believe that, because the Bible says that God is He has many mercies. He is 
patient and, and he forgives us. So house, last thing about the house, house is a structure that is connected, right? Um, there's a foundation, there's, there, are, there are walls that are connected to the foundation, and, um, and there's, there are doors and windows, doors are connected or hung on the hinges that are connected to the door frame that is fixed into the wall and, and so on and so forth, right? It's one structure. So all our things, all of our areas, uh, all the areas of our life are interconnected. If you think that you're good because you're not stealing, think about lying, think about other things in your life where you need spiritual discipline. Because it's impossible to build a life, the, this house, on the foundation and then all of a sudden to forget that I also need one wall. One wall is missing, you know. I'm, I'm not as good for giving people. I'm, I'm generally, I'm fine, you know. I pray, but I have this, this part of me where I'm easily angry or, or, or I'm easily... Uh, provoked to uh, saying bad things about others, gossiping, things like that. We really need to work in all areas of our life. That's the wise builder, wise builder. There was a question, what kind of people do the builders represent in Jesus' parable about the two foundations? Are they Christians? What do you think? What did you say? What did you decide? Yes, yes, you. Okay, multiple layers, you need to use a microphone. Um, what I was saying was the wise builder, we believe, is a believer. So he hears the word of God, and it, it, it could also apply to a non-believer. If he hears it and repents and turns to God and then lives on the word of God, you know, he's the wise builder. He's, his foundation is Christ. But it also applies, like I said, to a believer. So if you hear the word of God and then you begin to apply it to your life, you're building that foundation. You are building the walls. You're building your house with um, the gems, with the jewels, with the gold. You're building it up and it's getting stronger and stronger. But if you hear Jesus' words and you don't apply it, it's, you're, the, you're the foolish one, rather. And that could be a believer or it could be a non-believer. It applies both ways. If you're, a, if you're a non-believer and you hear the word of God and you decide to go your own way, you will fall. You don't have that foundation. When things go wrong, you will fall. You will, it will be a great fall. You'll struggle. And when you, when you go through those storms, it's just going to be really, really hard for you. You're going to struggle. But if you are... Um, if you're also a believer and you hear the word of God and you say, well, you know what, that might be a good point, but I'm going to go my own way. I think this is better. God's warning you, you are going to fall because he is the foundation and the foundation is the most important thing. If you don't have that foundation, you could build a, the greatest house, but if you have no foundation, which is Christ, you will fall. So that's, that's what we were saying. And amen. Can we say amen? I'll just add to that because that was exactly the point where I was heading. James. James talks about the doer, not just the listener. If we open to James chapter 1, it gives us an, another illustration, but let's look at it really quick. Chapter 1, verse 22. But prove yourselves doers of the word, and not merely hearers. The key word that I just just heard from this sister's 
message is that you hear it, but you don't do it. You don't believe it, basically. And not merely hearers who delude themselves or deceive themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. But one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by, by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. Well, technically for the non-Christian, for non-believer, in a sense that, you know, a person who doesn't hear the word, it's impossible to build, you know, anything on the, on, on, for, for God's glory, right? For God's sake. Uh, it's about people like us, anyone who, can, who hears the word of God. Because the Bible says that both wise and foolish men, they had an opportunity to hear Christ's words, right? They had this opportunity to do the right things. But one of them was doing and another one was deceiving, him, deceiving himself. And so the difference between the two men, foolish and wise if, if we, the bottom line, if we put this in one word, would be what? What's the difference between the two? I've started with this. The difference is in the foundation, right? Foundation was the, the, the only difference between the two. The Bible doesn't say that the foolish man was building a shed or, or something really that doesn't look right. The Bible says that the problem was that he was not building on the foundation. And um, I believe that in the gospel, in the good news of Jesus, it's always Jesus who should be in the center. In the Sermon of the Mount, we don't really find the gospel in a sense of Jesus died for you, Jesus is your Savior. But here, in this very last illustration, we actually see the message of grace and gospel. Because it says that the wise man was building on the rock. And the rock is Jesus himself, right? No matter what we try to do, we need to remember that we need to get down to the foundation, to Jesus Christ. In Luke chapter 6, if you had a chance to look at that bonus question, Luke chapter 6, it says that the wise man, he dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. Pay attention. This is not that the wise man brought his own rocks, not that he found rocks somewhere on the top. He was looking for something that didn't depend on him, on his effort. The only effort he had to do was to search for that foundation, to dig deep. And he was doing that until he got to the rock, Jesus himself. Sometimes we have to go through that, through, to dig through that sand, through those things that are in the way, 
And, and when we get to the gospel, God wants us to build on it. No matter what it looks like, we can look around and we can see um, a nice sand. We can see a nice beach. I don't know if it was the beach uh, of a river or anything. That's what they draw in the um, children's Bibles. But um, basically, it, it represents or says that no matter what, what's visible around you, what are the circumstances, current circumstances, you need to think about the future. Because right now, the sand and, and that environment where you live might look good. And you will be like, well, I don't really need a strong foundation. My house will stand. And well, it may stand. It may be enough of your prayers, of your um, attendance, you know, church attendance. It may be enough for now. But the wise man was thinking about the future. He wasn't just thinking about nice weather. He was thinking about storms and floods and, um, and hurricanes. And I uh, intentionally included the question, how can we avoid storms and floods and so on? So I want to hear it really quick if you can say, what did you guys come up with? How can, as Christians, how can we avoid these, these tests? Who said unavoidable? God said, <laughs> wow. Who can argue against that? Against God. Yeah, that's true, brother. That's true. A very simple answer. God is in control. In fact, God is planning storms in your life. God is planning certain circumstances that will have to test your house. You cannot avoid them. You should not pray for them to come faster. But you should be aware and prepare and do what you need to do. And again, what we need to do, the main thing, is to trust in the Lord, trust in His grace, and obey, and obey, and obey. I know some of you don't like that word. Obey, <laughs> and obey. If we obey God, if we obey parents, first of all, we learn how to obey God. If we obey Him, Jesus said in Luke, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? Sometimes parents say the same thing. Why don't you do what I say? Jesus was like looking around preaching, and then He was like, guys, stop it. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do what I say? And people were like, really, we have to do something? Yeah, go do it. That's the whole point. And that's how he ends this whole sermon. And that's how it's very important to read the verses after that. We're about to pray. So I want to share these couple of verses. Um, when Jesus had finished these words, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. For he was teaching them as one having authority and not as their scribes. The difference between scribes who didn't have power and Jesus who had power was that Jesus was living out his words. He was obeying the Father. He said, you guys do the same, you, have, you will have power. You might be asking these questions, why don't I have power? Well, you need to ask God for the Holy Spirit. If you are born again, you need to pray for being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And not just so that you can speak in tongues, 
but so that you can have power to witness about God, power to pray for the needs that is, are really scary for you. But if you pray in the Spirit, in the tongues, the Holy Spirit is going to intercede or pray for you before the Father. You need to pray, but you also need to obey. And Jesus was obeying his Father, and he said, you do the same thing. You will be wise, and you will be blessed. And um, in James, I just read this. In James, we find that the doer of the work, in the original that says doer of the work, he is our effectual doer. He will be blessed in what he does. You want a blessing? You need to obey God. You want a blessing? You need to do what he teaches you. And he teaches you things that you need for your life. He doesn't teach the same lesson to everyone at the same time. You might be going through the times where you need to repent. Others, you already build a house and you're with the Lord. Well, pray for those who are around you. Pray for your house to stand firm. Last thought that I want to share with you is in Hebrews chapter 3. It says, For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Okay, listen again. The builder of all things is God. He's also a builder. And um, I believe that God has a good plan for you. He has a good design for your house, for your life. You might be thinking that God is late. You might be thinking that uh, God is not really giving you what you're praying about. But God is the builder of all things. He is the builder of you, of your body, of your spirit. He is the builder who has perfect design for your life. Whatever you're planning right now, you need to check your plans with God's plans. Some of you already planned when you're going to get your first million. Some of you already planned who you're going to marry, including girls. Because guys think that they are going to marry. Well, girls actually choose guys. Guys just need to make the first step. But whatever you plan, you need to check your plans with God. Why? Because it's impossible to live on the earth. It's impossible to live on the earth and know what you need to do next. It's what, what you need to do next is written in the heaven. And in John chapter 3, when Jesus talks to Nicodemus, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, you have been born again and you have spiritual eyes, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So whatever God is building, he is builder of all things, including your life. You cannot see that unless you are born again, Unless you are led by the Holy Spirit and you are checking that with your Father, Heavenly Father. Just believe this because Jesus himself, he said, I cannot do anything unless I see Father doing it. I mean, honestly, Jesus was the holiest man as a human. Of course, he was God also. He was a perfect man. 
He was 100,000 times smarter than any person you're thinking about, holier, purer. And he said, I cannot do anything, guys. I live here on this earth, and it's so complicated. It's so hard that it seems like I've been moving to the right direction for years. And then all of a sudden, I realized that's a trap. I think that I'm making the right uh, choice. I fell in love with that person, or I made this uh, investment, or I did. But that might be a trap. And so the only solution for us when we build our house, to build it on the foundation, the practical stuff, obey, trust and obey the Lord. But in order to do that, you need to ask the Father, Father, what you think about me doing this or this or this? I know my time is out, but I genuinely wish for all of you to look for God's will because only then you will have power if you listen to the Father, if you obey and do what He teaches you to do. I would like to pray for you. Let's all stand up and pray. This is important for us. Judas is carried. And Peter, two apostles, they were listening to this sermon on the mount, right? They all listened to this. Both of them heard what Jesus said. And Peter had really big storms in his life. He was crying when he denied Jesus three times. And yet he stood firm because his foundation was love to God. His foundation was revelation that the, Jesus is the Son of God. And Judas Iscariot, he also loved Jesus. Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him, he loved Jesus. But the problem was that Judas, from the very beginning, he was not building his life on the right foundation. And when the time came, he was listening to the same words as Peter. When the time came, the destruction or ruin of his house was great. I believe that God prepared for each one of us a plan, like for the Apostle Peter, not for Judas Iscariot. But it depends on you. If you want to trust the Lord, if you want to make that choice and trust Him. Let's pray about it.